And now for the Faith FM Breakfast Show with your hosts Lyle and Lawson. こんにちは、おはよう、ようこそい Faith FM。私の名前はローソンです。ライオさん、元気ですか？元気。<笑><笑>ありがとうございます。<笑>ようこそ。<笑> Not quite sure what I just said there, but the Bible does say that if you're going to speak in tongues, Lawson, you need to have an interpretation handy so that people can receive edification by, by, by what was just said. Hey, I just did the show in show in Japanese. I just said, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Faith FM. My name is Lawson, and I asked you how you were. And I said, You said you were good. There you go. Now I know what I said. This is awesome. Okay, so big special shout out this morning to all of our listeners in、uh, Wurulan in Queensland on 88.0, Maxville, New South Wales on 88.0, and in Bellingen, New South Wales, also on 88.0.、Mm, okay, Lawson, apart from、uh, being fluent in Japanese this morning. <laughs> trying to be. Um, how are you today? I'm so good. I'm so good. So, yesterday I went to the gym and I did my warm up on the treadmill, which is like the first time I've run in a long time because of my ankle injury. And I was like, dude, I'm a boss at running. So, I did a grueling workout. I went and worked throughout the day. And then I, at night, I was like, I'm going to go for a run. And I ran about 4Ks and was having a heart attack. And so I've, <laughs> I've、uh, prepped this morning. I'm going to go out for a run early when I'm fresh and, and just to get back into it. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's cool. Producer Shell went for a big walk the other day. Producer Shell, how many kilometers was that? She doesn't know. I don't have to look it up. There is a record of it on her app,、like、but it was、30. a big one. So. <laughs> You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. So, Lawson,、Fantastic. let's have a question for our quiz. That's right. And I'll give、It's、it to、Friday、you right? in English. Yeah, this is the last, day. the last day to get in for the quiz. And our first question is The man executed by David for claiming to have killing King Saul was A, an Amalekite, B, a Gibeonite, C, a Philistine, or D, a Syrian. Okay. 0491 064 669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. And again, our prizes for this week are the amazing Revive Cafe cookbooks that we will give to you absolutely for free. Like, we'll just give them to you. We'll hand, well, we won't hand them to you. We'll probably send them to you. But you'll have to win the draw. And to win the draw, you have to answer these questions. So again, that question was, The man executed by David for claiming to have killed King Saul was A, an Amalekite, B, a Gibeonite, C, a Philistine, or D, a Syrian. 0491-064-669. Okay, if you know the answer, then give us a call right now. But Lawson, let's have some positively different news. Imagine you lived in a country. We live in a country. Yes, I'm we, not, we had, not having a hard time imagining that I live in a country we, because I do. We live in a country, and sometimes you live <coughs> in the country, but just imagine you live in a country. A country, a yes. A political system.、Mm-hmm. And that country says, from now on, meat is banned. You know, I heard something about this. Yes. You this potentially actually have, might have. This would actually have zero effect on anything in my life. Me too. 
<laughs> but uh, it would have an effect on lots of people's lives, lots of people's plates, and lots of people's emissions. And now, 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 I've been to Scotland, uh-huh. and they eat a lot of meat in Scotland. Yes, in the in the hotels, at least anyway, yeah. where I was staying, they were serving some haggis and all kinds of stuff. We're talking about. The UK here, which is probably consumes the same amount of meat as it's Scotland. As I thought it was Scotland. Scotland is in the UK. I thought it was just Scotland. Well, it was just Scotland, yes, that has put this. This petition has come through from the Greens Party to Parliament, which they are considering banning meat. But the UK in general, we are we are the UK 2.0, pretty much in regards to the common Australian. You know, diet the. Oh, you're, the, going, to, you're the, going to offend a lot of people right there. Well, like, so many people offended. You're going to trigger all, all kinds of well, Australians right there. True. Like, we have no original UK. food. I tell you what, UK, UK 2.0 is New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Okay. In fact, Kiwis are more British than the British. Really? Yes. They love the Queen more. <laughs> <laughs> I really think they do, you know. That's amazing. I really think they do. But. In regards to like their diet, it's very similar here to Australia. You can, you know, head up your local pub and you're going to see a very, very similar menu in yes. Australia. And so they eat a ton of meat, but the, uh, the, the suggestion has been made and the anti meat campaign is going forward. And not just from fringe groups like PETA, but from actual, from actual political groups, specifically uh, the Greens, who wrote to every Scottish MP and have gained a number of signatures and endorsements for the idea of completely going meat-free within Scotland. Now, for someone like you, Lyle, and someone like myself, like we are vegetarian and vegan, so it doesn't really You're not affect, make any difference affect whatsoever us. But we're looking at a country where you know I, I've seen this consistently. I've seen this consistently. You can tell people to do a lot of things, but as soon as you tell someone what to put on their plate, it's one of the most off-putting things to people if they're not open to the advice. Yeah, I'm. I'm... <laughs> If you, if I fully support a country that doesn't eat meat, yeah, I just don't f- support the idea of enforcing it. Yeah, because essentially, like I, personally, I think of like, uh, yeah, I, I, I've I've been a part of all kinds of different programs and whatnot, and and see like people like, oh, you should get it, and even just having conversations with people. Right now, I'm <clears throat> I'm really into exercise, and I tell people, hey, you should you should go and exercise. And people, most like the majority of people, are like, yeah, my life would be better. If we I all go know and, that. If I go and everybody exercise, knows that for, for sure. But everybody knows their life would be better if they didn't eat meat. But yeah, I I'm personally am plant based, and I tell people like, oh, dude, like, oh, you're thinking about losing weight, or you're thinking about getting healthier. You're really tired or something. You should go plant based, and immediately the facial expression changes for a lot of people, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, are you for real? But I, everybody yeah. knows this is true. That's right. That's right. But 25% of Australians self-identify as vegetarian. They are not vegetarian, but they self-identify that that's way. That's right. <laughs> they want to be vegetarian. That's that's correct. And so I can see, I can just see, like, people know this is true, but telling people what to put on their plate is so difficult, and, de- and then definitely in a corporate sense. I don't see Liz Truss going for it. Of, sorry? I don't see Liz Truss going for it. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be put through. I, well, this is in the, the, you know, the UK and England, but yeah. in Scotland, I don't I, I definitely could see restrictions on meat production and higher taxes towards meat, kind of like a sugar tax. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I could see because that people should happening in the future. But 
I guess I don't really see the total outright banning of meat happening. I mean, hey, if it does go through, they'll do it in a referendum and it will get voted down. You know. Yeah. So even if even if Liz Truss was to get behind it and support it, mm-hmm. there's going there's, you're not going to get a majority of the population who will vote that one through. Mm. Which, yeah, I think we should encourage people. I think we should tax it. Yes, people should uh, pay for their own medical bills in their tax because their medical bills are going to be much higher mm. on average if they're a meat eater. And so, yeah, I support all of those kind of things. I think they're a great idea. Uh, let's reduce the, uh, the the cost of meat that meat brings to society and the weight that it brings on society, mm. the same as we do with other harmful products mm. like alcohol and tobacco. The reason the taxes are so high is because we need those taxes to pay for all of the medical bills that you mm. will sustain with a long and painful death. That's right. So, yeah, I'm not opposed to that kind of but not forcing people. I don't think that they're doing it for health reasons. They're doing it for environmental reasons. That's so right. It's more yes. of a plastic compared to meat issue rather than an alcohol compared to meat mm. issue because it's it's more of an uh, A way of reducing emissions. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe we will reach that point. Mm-hmm. We will see. Yeah, and, and Scotland is a... Someone's, f- someone's going to sneak out there with a fishing line one day and... Snag a fish, though. Like, what do for, you do there? For as, like, okay, my perspective of Scotland just generally as a culture is they're kind of like the hillbillies of Europe, but then they are incredibly climate conscious. So, yeah, it, from that perspective, it could go through. Depends what part of Scotland you're in, too. Mm. There are some parts of Scotland where they are fully the hillbillies of the UK. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You have that in every part yeah, of the UK. Yeah, that's right. We, you, know, we, you, you got that in England, you got that what, in Wales. What do they call them in the UK, though? Because hillbillies, that's an American term. I don't know. Hillbillies and rednecks, and we have our... Um, bogans. Bogans, which I, are just I don't awesome. No, just Me either. Just me either. Weird people. Nah. Just <laughs> hey, I have uh, another story here. This is actually news coming out of our beautiful country here of Australia, where Tanya Plibersheck has announced a program, it's called the Threatened Species Action Plan Towards Zero Extinctions, and she has committed to preserve 30% of the continent's landmass. Now, I read this and I was thinking, wait, we use much less than 30% of the land in Australia. <laughs> and I was like, is this is this really, is this, is this good news? But no, they have, like, put forward, they have put funds toward specifically like conservation and preserving species and and not just saying, oh, this section of the Simpson Desert is now quote-unquote preserved. No, they have, you know, put some... Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. What does it actually mean? That's right. And does that mean that there's a bunch of people who will lose land? That would not be a good thing if, mm. it's a, if it means that 30% of Australia is going to be protected from uh, invasive species, then that's an awesome thing. Mm. And anyone who owns land would get behind that and support that because it makes their land so much better. Mm. Well, there has been uh, a, a group of species that they have decided to focus on in three major ecosystems and to support those species. They are putting $224 million, Australian dollars, behind it. Uh, they have sectioned off basically land. It's around 50 million hectares worth, which is... A, a lot. Chunk. <laughs> a, a great lot. And, uh, yeah, they're really, again, from in here in Australia, they're really getting behind 
So what do they do? Do they, do they fence it out? I, I'm curious. Yeah, essentially they turn these areas into to conservation habitats and, okay. and huh? protect the animals that are there. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we're about to have another question for our quiz. That's going to be followed by some more serious news, and today it is rather grim. Mm. But there's going to be some silver linings along the way. All right, what is the seventh commandment? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. If you do know the answer, you will go into the draw to win our amazing The Revive Cafe cookbooks, all full of all kinds of awesome vegan recipes. Let's let's find some on here. If you want to make a chunky chickpea soup, Yum! Or if you want to make, let's see. Oh, Mexican that sounds black. really good. That sounds amazing. Yes. Chunk, chunk, dude, I love chickpeas. Yes, it's like awesome. Uh, but uh, it's just the word chunky in regards to food. I know it. it, 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 it I like chunky food. It connotates something good, but it's it always. I don't know the word chunky and and soup together. I'm just yeah. I like chunky soup. But if you want to also make Mexican black bean casserole. Yes, Ooh, I do. Amazing. Actually, no, I don't want to, but I want somebody to make yeah, it for me. He's looking at producer Shell through the glass. 0491-064-669, again, is the number to call to get in because this is your last day to enter before we draw it at the end of the show. But, again, that question was, what is the seventh commandment? 0491-064-669. Well, the Bible says as we grow closer to the end of time that evil men will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, and that the love of many will grow cold. Overnight, we had 34 killed Mm. in a mass killing in a daycare in Thailand. We had 18 killed in a mass killing in Mexico Mm. and 11 killed in a mass killing in Mozambique. Wow. It seems that this is just suddenly, over the last few years, these mass killings have become mainstream and they bring so much heartache and so much tragedy with them. Of course, the uh, Thailand one starting there is probably the most tragic because this was a daycare centre, mm. and 23 of the 34 were children, mm. and this was carried out with uh, one gun and a knife. Most of them were stabbed to death. The 18 dead in Mexico includes the local mayor. Uh, this was a gun attack, wow. and it was in the middle of the day, broad daylight gun attack. Then in Mozambique, this was a rather gruesome one as well because this one was also a knife attack. What took place here was that there were a number of uh, men who were dressed as the military, rounded out a bunch, rounded up a bunch of the population, and then separated them into two groups of Muslim and Christian. The Christians they tied their hands together behind their backs, and then they went through and cut their throats. Wow. Um, and then this follows, of course, the attack on a local um, convent where a nun was killed while she was feeding disadvantaged children. Wow. So, yeah, it's just, it's it's a rough world in which we live. Mm. Uh, in, in Mozambique, uh, Bishop Alberto doesn't actually believe that these killings have a religious con- a content. Even though they are purportedly so, he says that the fundamentalist Islamic agenda are generally foreigners. They're building mosques and creating confusion with the other Muslims. 
Uh, he says there are at least four different groups who are markedly different from the local Muslims. Mm. And that the local Muslims feel united with the Christians they live side by side with and have always lived side mm. by side with. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says the leader of the movement, uh, whether is jihadist or terrorist or criminal, they're benefiting financially from these killings. Mm. And so this is just plain old theft that is taking place right there. Mm. While we're talking about death, and this is, uh, I did say this was some pretty serious news this morning, and this all seems to be heading along the same theme right here. Uh, there was a man executed in Texas. Oh, wow. Uh, so, but this was somebody who won a religious right case, case in the Supreme Court mm. of the United States, went right the way through to the Supreme Court. So, Ramirez, this particular individual, uh, was 38 when he was sentenced to death for the fatal stabbing of Pablo Castro mm-hmm. in Corpus Christi during a robbery back in 2004. Uh, in that robbery, he gained or he stole a dollar twenty-five. Uh, managed to stab Pablo 29 times mm. in that particular attack. Uh, he has re- stated that he has tremendous regret and remorse over his deeds. He has apologised to the Castro family and said that he hoped that his execution would help them find closure. Mm-hmm. But the interesting part of this case was that he asked and was denied to have his pastor lay hands on him and pray for him while he was receiving a lethal injection. Mm. And the state of Texas said, no, you can't have that because that would be a security risk having a pastor in the room. And the Supreme Court said, that is ridiculous. Mm. There is no security threat whatsoever at all. If you can't vet a pastor and have him in that room in a way that is secure enough, then uh, you've got some serious problems in Texas. And the Supreme Court of the United States, in an eight-to-one decision, uh, found in favour of Ramirez's case against the state of Texas. I'm not quite sure who disagreed there and why why they would disagree. Mm. Okay, so the case centred on a religious protections uh, under the First Amendment of the US Constitution and a 2000 federal law that requires officials to show a compelling interest to deny a prisoner's religious-based request and to do so using the least restrictive means. Mm. And so... You know, the Supreme Court was looking at it as like, okay, how is this not reasonable? You know, this is a religious request, and how is it not reasonable? Mm. So, yeah, Texas argued that, oh, no, it was going to compromise security. What a load of rubbish. Mm. Okay, so that's that's all of our heavy news. That's, that's so that's... funny. It's going to compromise security. The puzzle's is going to get in there and bust him out. That's so wild. Yeah, if you can't secure a pastor, then you're... Your prison system is in deep trouble. The pastor's colluding with a prisoner that's been in prison since 2004 for killing someone and stealing a dollar. Like, this isn't a mob boss. <laughs> this, is, this is a person who wants to have their religious rights. Mm. Indeed. Tough. And, you know, hey, it is, it is rough that he is being executed. It was, you know, this is a, this is a, this is a, I don't believe in the death penalty. Mm. This guy did a horrendous crime. Mm. I am thankful that he's come to the Lord, and uh, I think that he has. It is a perfectly reasonable request to have mm. his pastor present. Yeah, um, as he passes away, is executed. Okay, so heading over to the UK, and we had a story in the UK a minute ago. There's another story coming out of the UK, and Liz Truss again over there. 
has been warned by Cardinal Nichols, who is the head of the Catholic Conference of Bishops in England and Wales, of the seriously damaging consequences over the possible relocation of the UK embassy in Israel from the capital, Tel Aviv, to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. How did you you guess? This is cringe. I'm sick of this. It's like, why? Why do you have to go and stir that pot? Mm. I mean, that's a boiling pot at the best of times. Why would you want to go and put your finger in that pot? Yeah, well... Just leave it be. Jerusalem is a great place where people of Christian heritage and faith, where people of Jewish heritage and faith, where people of Muslim heritage and faith can go and do their pilgrimage and they can all enjoy the sites there Mm -hmm. that relate to the history of their faith. Mm -hmm. There is nothing more holy about the rocks and the stones in Jerusalem than anywhere else. Mm -hmm. These are archaeological and historical sites where we go for research and for a better understanding of the origin of our faith. Mm. That's why we go there. Mm -hmm. We don't go there. Well, that's why we should go there anyway. Mm. And so let Jerusalem be that. Mm. Don't make it into a political football that you use to score political points with certain Parts of certain focus groups within Mm. the community, Mm. like Donald Trump did. Mm. One of the dumbest things that Donald Trump did, apart from his numerous posts on Twitter. Yeah. Um, It's just why. Mm. This is so unnecessary. Pope Francis, and I'll agree with him on this, and the leaders of churches in the Holy Land have long called for the international status quo on Jerusalem to be upheld in accordance with the relevant UN resolutions. Mm. For the city to be shared as a common patrimony, never becoming an exclusive monopoly of any party. Just let it be that. Mm. This is a famous place for three religions. Let's mm. enjoy religious liberty in this particular location. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we're about to get into our interview of the day before we do. Lawson's got another question of the quiz. You are running out of time, so start to get your answers in there. Only a few more quiz questions left to get your name in the hat for the end of week draw. That's right. On what day was the sun, moon, and stars created? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you will go into the draw. To win our Revive Cafe cookbooks 5 and 6, where you can make amazing, awesome, healthy, vegan, incredible recipes like raw zoodles, which I assume is zucchini noodles, which are fantastic. I love zucchini noodles. And if you want to make spinach and butternut fritters or any host of... Dude, between these two books, you probably have a good almost... 100 recipes, 0491-064-669 is the number to call. And again, that question was, on what day was the sun, moon, and stars created? All right. If you know the answer, you know the number to call. So give us a call right now or shoot us a text message. We would love to hear from you. And particularly a reminder for those who uh, like to play along for bragging rights only, uh, just state it or star it. Put a star by the text message or just let producer Shell know that you're doing it for bragging rights. We would love to hear from you as well because we love it when you are able to participate in the quiz. We've got some text messages coming through already that we're going to come back to after the 8 o'clock news. But joining us on the phone right now 
is Andy Mathers. Andy is the pastor of the Raymond Terrace Adventist Church at the moment, and he's got an exciting program coming up that he's going to be telling us all about. Andy, welcome to the show. Good morning, Lyle. Good morning, Lawson. How are you? Yeah, we're doing great. Oh, killing it. Now, um, <laughs> Andy, you're going to be running a depression, anxiety, recovery program, otherwise known as DARP for short. Mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. are programs that have been in existence for some time now and are fairly regularly run in many parts of Australia. Mm. Uh, which is which is fantastic for all of our listeners. We have a network that stretches right across Australia, but your program obviously going to be very relevant for people listening in the Newcastle Hunter region. Uh, mm. What what is what is the depression anxiety recovery program all about? I mean, we deal with mental health here every week with Jennifer Skews, and we talk a lot about these kinds of issues. What's this actual program about? Yeah, well, Lyle, the statistics, and these are not the most up-to-date statistics, one in 16 Australians are, are struggling with um, with depression or anxiety, and I know this number has increased even more so during the last uh, couple of challenging years that uh, many have faced. And so this is a program that's been tried and tested, uh, put out by a, uh, a GP who uh, has a passion in this area, to, uh, to assist and help people work through a program that actually has proven to be so, so effective. Eight out of nine people indicate it's actually just changed their life dramatically. So this is a program that uh, we want to assist and, and aid people through in, in getting their life back, just feeling that, uh, you know, there's more to uh, just the mundane of survival, but actually thriving. And that's what Jesus promised us in, uh, in the Word. Uh, John ten ten abundant life. That's really what we want to uh, we want to be able to get across. So it's not a, a solo event. It's something that a team of people who are trained uh, to uh, to run a program like this. This will be the fourth time that I've run it in the area, and this is a unique opportunity for Raymond Terrace and that area of Newcastle because previously uh, it's been in the lower Lower Hunter and the Lake Macquarie area. So to be able to do it in Raymond Terrace and in that area is, is fantastic by, as I say, a a team that are are trained in knowing how to um, facilitate such a program. And it's very unique in the way it operates, Um, and we can perhaps unpack that a little more if if you would like, but certainly, um, you know, local GPs, the pharmacies indicate that, oh, look, a program like this, we've seen how effective it can be to help those that uh, walk through our doors, please uh, leave some flyers. Let us help you get the message out to uh, the community that this is being offered. So it's uh, it's uh, a very effective uh, program, and uh, it's a privilege to be able to uh, offer it uh, in the Roman Terrace area. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic, Andy. I understand that uh, you know, Raymond Terrace is just down the road from the RWF base there in Williamtown. I understand there's some interest over there as well on the base. Is that right? It seems to be so. You know, look, no one's... Um, no one uh, escapes uh, from from being a part of of, of uh, being challenged by by this condition, and and you know many people wonder. They sort of say, "Well, look, am I am I? How do I know that this is a, a challenge for me um, when it comes to anxiety and depression? I mean, you know, everyone has a blue day. 
Um, how, how, how do I know whether this is something I really need to address? And that's what the free information session is all about next Tuesday night, to be honest. Um, at 6 o'clock at uh, the Raymond Terrace Mission, 45 William Street, Raymond Terrace, you'll be able to just come along totally obligation-free to just come along and listen and just see how this program will be of benefit to you. So we really encourage people to do that. Um, and as I say, we'll unpack um, whether in fact this is something that you really need to um, take action on. I mean, maybe you've had loved ones that have said to you, you know, you know your same self, you know, just seem a little bit down, blue. I mean, Dr. Nedley, who presents this program, talks about 10 hits, hits that actually, when you have a certain number collectively together, actually enhance somebody uh, moving into this space. And, you know, one of them being the loss of loved one, uh, the loss of employment, um, even genetics takes a, a factor into it. And so we'll unpack what those 10 hits are. And, uh, and then one can determine whether, in fact, um, they're in the space of just being, um, you know, um, having a down day or, or actually this has become a little bit of a, um, um, a habit or a, or a, or a process um, that, that's lasted. And obviously longer than, you know, two weeks um, uh, continuously. And, uh, and, and, yeah, we'll talk more about that uh, when we come together. But, uh, yeah, people are often, often interested, well, look, am I... Am I uh, needing to do something about this? Is this something that I can just get over in a short period of time? Um, but we, we recognize the fact that uh, without help, without uh, um, assistance in this area, and, uh, and certainly GPs um, will, will back this up and, and often will talk to patients uh, about um, moving into medication. This, this is an area where it's not, it doesn't replace the, uh, the doctor-patient um, uh, relationship. It's an information session that actually talks about how you can enhance um, through through processes that we can all get involved in doing to actually make your your life um, better. And uh, you know something as simple as eating for optimal brain function. I mean, you know, who who would have thought that the walnut, for example, you know, that looks like a brain, um, is actually such a, a brain enhancing um, food, and and how to put that into a, a recipe, you know, and, and make some um, walnut patties or, or, or some something that's you know walnut cookies that have got uh, walnuts in them, and and actually realise that what you're eating is actually enhancing the chemical function of your brain, and and giving people recipes to able to enhance that and other foods that we'll we'll unpack as we go through to sort of say you know what we put into our mouth is very much a part of how we feel. And it affects not only our physical and mental. I mean, achieving mental optimal performance is one of the topics we unpack. And, and people often think, well, how can I really you know, be the best at what I do? How can I make my brain function the best it can? And to, to discover that uh, is, is a real positive thing. Um, so, you know, a range of topics that are very relevant um, for somebody that might have just lost that, uh, that energy level, the mood is down, they just lost motivation, um, and, and they'll be able to really determine where they're at in, in this spectrum. I guess one of the things that are really, really uh, beneficial that people say, not only the eight-week course that runs weekly for, for a couple of hours at, uh, at the mission there, is the fact that at the beginning of the program, you actually 
complete an assessment which determines which of those 10 hits all collectively have assisted one to be in a, a certain place and, and it just identifies those. And then it talks about the very factors, the focus areas that one can work on to actually improve. So it's very clear at the outset of the program what it is that's causing you to be the way you are and how you can go about actually improving that. And to do the same assessment at the end of the eight weeks and for people to say, whoa, this is amazing. Like, I, I, I really value that, that aspect of the program just on its own, just to discover for me individually, totally confidentially, sent back to uh, Dr. Nedley himself, has given me a, p- a perspective of why I am where I'm at, where I'm at and how I can move through that. So that's really encouraging. You know, as people come along each week, they will, they will actually uh, get to, to know the team, um, feel comfortable in an environment that's uh, totally uh, warm and friendly, and, uh, and get to taste some of the taste samples each week of, uh, of what we'll share in our recipes. Have a, a, a time of just observing um, via, via screen the presentation that comes um, from Dr. Nedley each week that unpacks the content for the first hour of the program. And then the second hour, which people consider, again, very valuable, is to break into what we call facilitation groups, where a smaller, just a very comfortable and more more um, warm group can just interact together and say, hey, look, this week I was able to incorporate this new challenge into my life or this one I'm really struggling with and just to hear each other's stories and to encourage one another um, with the content that we're learning is, is something that um, people really uh, appreciate. So we do a lot of fun. We have some prizes at the beginning for those that have, uh, that have achieved and, and those that are, are, you know, just working on something. And there's lots of unique, I mean, one challenge, for, for example, Wilson and, and, and Lyle, to go two weeks without any negative talk. Oh, wow. How, <laughs> how challenging that is to go two weeks without talking negatively um, is, is not something that comes easy. But we'll talk about how to do that and, uh, and how to actually have a positive outlook on life. CBT comes into that, cognitive behaviour therapy, how to actually change a perspective that might be distorted. You know, we talk about thinking, thinking, and think, oh, you know, we're, we're always focusing on the negative, but how to turn that around and actually have some positive thinking. A whole bunch of stuff that will come out, really valuable program. Andy, you've, I remember when I did this program some years ago over in the Maitland area, and, of course, the program has been around for a long time and, well, quite a number of years anyway, and has been just wildly successful. But one of the things that sort of shocked me, a lot of the material that is presented is like, well, that's really simple stuff. That's really easily done. That's that's easily accomplished. How can it have such a powerful effect? But when you look at the results coming out of this, you know, eight out of nine people who are receiving a very positive result as a result of doing the program and implementing it. And these are figures that are worldwide. This is a program that mm. is actually used worldwide. And so to me, that is a very powerful argument. And I'm just wondering mm. if I could ask you a little bit about yourself. You, you mentioned you've mm. run four of these programs uh, in various this areas. This yeah. will be the fourth one. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your background? Do you have a background with an interest in mental health? Have you? Has your background actually, because you haven't been in pastoral ministry for a long time, mm. uh, before pastoral ministry, were you in a space where you got to see firsthand uh, the impact of mental health issues in the community? Yeah, very much so, Lyle, and uh, certainly over the years working uh, 
as an educator in uh, in, in different spheres of uh, special units and um, working in uh, in different uh, environments where where the student caliber may be you know in that depression anxiety uh, space and recognizing that uh, you know it, it can be such a powerful pull to just see nothing that's worth living for um, and to actually assist somebody that's close to you to that that uh, that you know you just wonder what can I do and sometimes people will come along to assist a person uh, as a support person so you might know somebody who would benefit from a program like this and they may not take that initiative themselves to come on board so for you to help them by ringing them and saying hey look would you, would you be willing to come along if I supported you and was joining you there. Um, and often that will be the thing that will get somebody over the line. Um, so, yeah, look, you know, my own background, uh, working with young people in this space um, and as a young person, knowing that there were people that I, I, I knew that suffered in this way and, and just trying to talk them through it and, and get them to see the positive side of things and recognising that sometimes that in and of itself wasn't enough. There was, it's it's a challenging thing um, to actually move people into this uh, out of this space of, of feeling that there's not much to get out of bed for in the morning, and to be able to have skills and the ability either because you are in that space yourself, or you would like to be supporting somebody who's in that space, is is a really wonderful thing, I think. Mm, absolutely, Andy Mathers. Thank you so much for coming on to the breakfast show this morning to talk about what you have got happening there in Raymond Terrace. And I encourage anyone who would like to know more about the DART program to just give us a call here zero four nine one zero six four six six nine because these are programs that are run from time to time right across Australia. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one eight hundred Faith FM.